cobalt, corn flour, navy, powder. There are many blues. In the poetry collection, The Blues of Heaven, Barbara Rass offers us a range of poems, too, that move from subjects of personal grief to larger concerns about national griefs we must enter. The blues of heaven, we can imagine, are hues by turns bright and beautiful or dark and foreboding, but also a shimmering hopefulness as dazzling as her idea of the world as a blue ball spinning at a thousand miles per hour. As Barbara Rass says in her poem, My Cloak of Not Knowing, the sky itself is disguised by different weathers. And so it is with the blues of heaven. This is Book Public from Texas Public Radio. I'm Yvette Benavides. Here's Barbara Rass. She'll read a few poems from her book, The Blues of Heaven, and shares a brief commentary for each. Thanks to Yvette Benavides and her team for this wonderful opportunity to join them today and read some poems from my latest book, The Blues of Heaven. For the first poem, I've chosen one that represents a lot of my history in a small space. The title of the poem is Soul, like the fish, S-O-L-E. It evokes a time in my life when I had just returned from a year of teaching in Cali, Colombia. I was 27, jobless, and more than a little forlorn. I needed a place to land, which turned out to be, no surprise, my parents' house, the place about which Robert Frost wrote, home is the place where, when you have to go there, they have to take you in. My home, New Bedford, was a fishing town on Buzzards Bay in Massachusetts. It was a city economically and culturally depressed. It was a place I couldn't wait leave. I crossed the continental U.S. to go to the University of Oregon for an MFA right after my very first trip out of the country, left South America. These moves were the beginning of a peripatetic life filled with wanderlust. In this particular instance, I ended up working in the thick of the wharves of New Bedford as a waitress as described in the poem. Here it is, soul. I remember writing a bird flying fast into snow, being back in the States, thinking of a lost love and typing as usual on the Smith Corona manual passed on to me by my father. And while I was trying to find myself in the hometown, I had already crossed two continents to escape. I waitressed at Louis on the wharf, across from Aiello's fish house, and on breaks, the fish workers would cram the restaurant for coffee and pie, and I'd make my way through their black rubber boots and aprons, all sequined with fish scales, their smell and shining, wretched and resplendent, while Louis stared out the window as if to ask the air for some truth. And I wished I could have been at a matinee of the children of paradise, showing against all odds in a theater here, 
while dozens of customers yelled their orders, most for regular coffee, as we called it. So before pouring coffee, I had to pump cream into the cup. No pitchers on the table, no tiny plastic tubs of whitening, destined for a future, this future, where Manny Aiello will never appear again to give me a five-pound box of soul, slices of fish as fresh as petals dipped in salt water. So many of my poems begin with something imaginary. In the case of the next poem, a cloak I invented as a sort of talisman. The poem begins about, about what can't be known, what I didn't know, and then it wends its way into the memory of some experiences I had in Kyrgyzstan and Nepal, thus making good on what I mentioned earlier about wanderlust. Traveling to new places for me is a source of wonder and discovery, and often images or encounters make ways into a poem. So here is my cloak of not knowing. When I worry about the future, I put it on, woven, for all I know, from the fur of a cat, the color of a honey pony who would follow me stride for stride if I climbed the fence into his pasture to wander, wonder about springtime in Mongolia without knowing who combs the winter out of the hair of the small horses there and whether they celebrate the first flowers with the feast of mare's milk, which may begin at sunset and end at sunrise, the yurts billowing with snores but I know nothing of yurts, having been rained out of one built for our visit when the wet drove us from the village to a near city, bumping over rutted roads disrupted by boulders whose long slide began from I don't know how high up the steep hillsides. And at each place they landed, Topchubik left the car to roll slimy stones to the side of the road, and we joined him, pushing together against weight that might outweigh a monster rambut. And I thought, I don't know who pushed harder than who. We muddied our hands together in silence, and days later at the end of the trip, I don't know if he saw me weeping at the airport, not having the words to tell him that his hours and hours at the wheel had given shape to the kindness of his country. Nor could I have known that in the future of my journey, I would pay an astrologer to tell me sorrow is like a faint sky and you will learn more loving both. I knew I could spend a lifetime not knowing how sorrow had become my second skin and that no matter how far I traveled, the sky would be the same, though disguised by different weathers. Last poem I'll read is in fact the first poem in the book. It's called Salad Days, a phrase that first appeared in Shakespeare's Antony and Cleopatra, where she recalls with some misgivings the follies of her youth. Today, the expression tends to have a more upbeat sense 
and refers to innocence and the easy days of youth. In this case, Salad Days is a poem of mourning, which is one of the oldest traditions in poetry, the elegy or remembrance of loss. And loss recurs throughout the blues of heaven in different ways, but in one particularly prevalent way, and that's poems that grieve the death of my brother. He was my only sibling, and I lost him very prematurely and very quickly. It was um, it was a stunning and really profound loss. So this poem recalls some of our early days and my response to my loss. Salad days. How easy then. The fun house at Lincoln Park before it grew into a field of weeds. You could buy five tickets for a buck from a blank face in a booth and enter the dark with your brother to be scared by tilting floors, phony doors, corpses jumping out of coffins, and once out into blue sky, run breathless to your mother and father, happy. You could have called them salad days, but why would you? No one in your family had read Shakespeare, so you bought French fries, doused them with malt vinegar, the four of you competing for your share of potatoes improved by salt and grease, and nothing in those early evenings free of care could have prepared you to be the last one left, the one with grief to spare. Barbara Rass is the author of the poetry collection, The Blues of Heaven. It's published by the University of Pittsburgh Press. This has been Book Public from Texas Public Radio. Jacob Rosati composed our theme music. Dan Katz is Texas Public Radio's news director. I'm Yvette Benavides.